You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go Bucks! Good morning! Welcome to Starbucks with Jim and Donardo. I, of course, am your host, Anthony Donardo, and with me this morning is Jim Rosati. Jim Happy Game 2 day, I guess. Yeah, fresh off of uh, Game 1. It was done before midnight last night, so that's always always a plus for the World Series. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, happy uh, happy Game 2 day. Um, I, I don't know. I was going to say I'm excited. I can't – I guess I'm not really that excited about the series. Not really having, you know – I guess anything in the in the series to really root for. It's not like I'm rooting for the the Rays or rooting for the Dodgers. Uh, I guess I'm just rooting that both teams enjoy themselves and have fun and we get a good series. Uh, but I will say, I felt like Game One was pretty nice, even though it was very lopsided. It was uh, it was pretty interesting. It was kind of fun. Would you agree or, or disagree on that? Um. Yeah, there were some some interesting parts of Game One. It was fun. It was, um, I mean, Mookie Betts was on full display. Um, you could say that, you know, he he kind of single handedly kind of got things going for the Dodgers with that walk. Then he stole second. Then he stole third. Um, you know, to to score to score that first run. So, um, yeah, no, he was he was on full display tonight. It was fun to to watch him. Um, you know, the announcers were just gushing about Mookie Betts all, all night, which I'm completely fine. You know, I'm completely fine with, I mean, Hey, if you, I mean, the world series is going to bring in some viewers who maybe don't know how good Mookie Betts is, you know, let them, let them see him, let them know how good of a player he is. Cause he's a, he's a fun guy to watch. I guess, you know, I mean, that's fair for for the uh, the noobs or the casuals and such. But mm-hmm. I just felt the whole time, too. I mean, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. You know, as you put in the chat, too, with uh, our behind-the-scenes North Shore 9 text we got going on, you know, he's worth every penny. I mean, I agree to that also. He is really good. But all I can think of the entire time is Mike Trout just sitting there watching this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, are we just no, forgetting cause... about Mike Trout once again because the Angels can't get yeah. him into the playoffs? Yeah, no, and I feel like Mookie Betts, he could turn into this year's like Juan Soto, where they just they they like, you know, how last year it was like, and this guy just turned twenty. Whatever, <laughs> it was like it was like yeah. Joe Buck couldn't stop mentioning like how young Juan Soto was, but right. Um, but again, like I, I don't know, I'm fine with that. Like when it comes to a national audience, like it's a little bit different than like watching your local, your local guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm, I'm cool with it. Does it get annoying sometimes? Yeah. And, and no, I know what you mean whenever, I think at one point they were even saying like, this is no, something, at one point they said, this is uh, the LeBron James of baseball. Yes. Mookie Betts is the LeBron James yes. of baseball. And I was like, there's another guy out there who, 
is like really good. That was just not playing in this. That was actually the key one. That was right when I went mm-hmm. to the Mike Trout thought. Because exactly. Yeah. I, I was thinking, okay, so if he's the Mike, I'm sorry, if he is the LeBron James, then I guess they're they're clearly saying LeBron's number two. So I'm trying to think who's number one player in the NBA is and me not being that great yeah. of a follow, you know. I'm like, is this the MJ LeBron thing? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, he's LeBron because you know, Trout's clearly the Michael Jordan. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I found that, again, really funny. And it, right, like Mike Trout, just, I'm sure he's watching this. He's just sitting there and just seeing everyone gush, like you said, over Mookie Betts. Oh, Mookie's the LeBron James. I get the L.A. comparison, I guess. But, like, I mean, come on. Mike Trout's also in L.A. <laughs> this is yeah. really still yeah. his home. Oh. No, so I, I found that particular comment a little amusing. Right. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm fine. Like, and and when it comes to, I mean, me personally, my opinion, I think Mookie Betts is the second best player in baseball, um, and and has shown that over the last, you know, six years. So I mean, I'm 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 cool with it. Um, I mean, yeah. I guess it wasn't um, outlandish. It's, like, it's not like they were talking about Justin Turner. You know, so, right, right. I mean, like if you're, if you're gonna gush over somebody, like gush over a premier talent like Mookie Betts, like I said, yeah, it's not like if Justin Turner was just going off, and you know they're they're talking about how Justin Turner's you know the next LeBron James right, in baseball, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I that's fair enough, but I, I I can agree. I found it enjoyable. Um, it was quite the pitching duel at first. I will say. Glass now, Kershaw, mm-hmm. both you were just kind of waiting to implode. You know, it was just, it was the third inning, it's getting into the fourth. You know, you're waiting, but I mean, Glass now looked pretty good. All the pitches, you know, the pitch count was up there. Kershaw looked really good last night. You know, I'm actually surprised how deep he went into the game. It still, you know, looked that good. But what I do want to say is I was also shocked on the other hand how deep Glass now went into the game, even though he did look good. He was, you know, unraveling a little bit there. I mean, I don't know how deep. No, yeah, no. Is. You know, he. Well, he's I feel like of ours. So, but yeah, take it away. I, I have a feeling, like when it comes to the Rays, and what I mean, there's a lot of things that make the Rays a really good baseball team. But you know, not only do they have good players, but they they're very smart with how they use those players. You know, right. um, there's a lot of things that are, you know, decisions that are pre-made and, and, you know, they're thought out of thought out already. And, and what kind of surprised me was, you know, Glassnow's pitch count was, was kind of getting up there. He wasn't super sharp. He was, he was striking people out like he always does, mm-hmm. but he was, he was allowing a lot of people to get on base. You know, he, he's, his three scoreless innings to start the game and in the fourth inning, you know, he got in trouble with some walks and some, some hits. And uh, that's when the Dodgers grabbed their lead, their initial lead. You know, they were up to nothing after the fourth. Um, And then he goes back out there for the fifth. And that's when things kind of really unraveled. Um, And I'm actually really surprised that the Rays left him in that long. Um, you know, if you look at, you know, Tyler Glass now actually threw more pitches last night than he has had in any start in his entire major league career. And that's kind of surprising to me when you think of just how the red, the Rays operate, 
that that game last night wasn't the, the game to pick <laughs> how Tyler Glass now to throw 112 pitches in. Well, right. Um, yeah. He, like I said, eight, he had six, six walks, six walks, only allowed three hits, but those six walks, like you got to keep people off the bases um, with this Dodgers team. And I feel like that's kind of been an, also another recurring trend that's going to, that's going to happen in this series. We're going to talk about how the Dodgers are patient and they'll, they'll, they get guys on base and that's how they score, but um, which they are. I mean, they're a very good hitting team and a very good offensive team. Um, but no, class now, I, I, I was very surprised that the Rays kept him in as long as they did. I figured they would have gone to, to Yarbrough, you know, earlier, mm-hmm. kind of that, that's kind of their second guy there that they, that they usually bring in. Um, and I think they just waited too long, and that's what ended up costing them the game ultimately. Yeah, I, I totally, totally believe you. You know, and as I alluded to yesterday, talking a little bit about the series upcoming, you know how crafty and how smart, how prepared the Rays are, and you know, like that's always been Glassnow's Achilles' heel. It almost seems, you know, his high pitch counts. He can't go deep in the game, um, and he's, he's proven it this year. I mean, his whole entire tenure with the Rays, he's shown that he can definitely strike guys out. You know, and it's never been better a case than like last year and going into this year. But as we've seen this year too, it's like you know the, the strikeouts are there, but the overall production just isn't quite there. You know, and and what hurts him is the walks. The walk rate's still up there. You know, when you look at this year, it still was at. Um, I mean, he's still walking three point four five per nine. But what's really killed him too is is the home runs. He's given up a ton of them, and like you mentioned. I've just felt with the high pitch count going into the fifth inning, you would have someone ready to go. Like the the Rays would be ready. Maybe let him go, you know, feel around this inning. But he he let off the first two batters. I think he walked right. Wasn't it Mookie Betts who let off the inning? He he I can't remember the exact order of that inning, but yeah, he it started early. Like he he was allowing people on base, mm -hmm. and he would. Just think right then and there, yank them, pull them out. You know, I mean, this is an important game. This is game one of the World Series. Uh, and, yeah. right, for the Rays to let him go that long. He pitched 100. He had 112 pitches, Jim. Like you mentioned, the most he had. But 112, and he lasted 4.1 innings. Like, that's not yeah. that's not going to cut it. You know, not the way Kershaw yeah. was looking that, you know, last night. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of like I was, I was shocked on how deep. He, which will, of course, wasn't deep, but how long he went into this game right. <laughs> without getting pulled. I mean, I felt like four and done was good for him. And and you're right. They actually saw so the fifth inning. They started Mookie Betts walk, Corey Seager walk. So that walk, walk, like that right then and there. That should have been it. That probably should have been it. Yep. Um, but now he struck out Turner, you know, the next the next batter. But then things kind of started to to unravel. Um, and yeah, the, the, the Dodgers scored four runs in that fifth inning. Um, and that put them up six to one. And yeah, with the way that, that Kershaw was looking that, that pretty much ended the game right there. Oh yeah. That was it. I mean, the game was over at that point in time and he had the Dodgers mm-hmm. piled on a little more later and stuff, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Hey, <clears throat> the Rays looked kind of flat, obviously glass now. He was carrying them, you know, like you said, he wasn't sharp, but he was very glass now ish. 
Uh, but he was productive enough. He, the, the Rays were in the game until that inning, and it was over. But yeah, I mean, Mookie Betts just looking ridiculous. Yeah, no, he, he had an excellent, excellent game. I mean, Mookie Betts, two stolen bases. That's what I want to get at, um, yeah. <laughs> two hits, uh, walk, so got on base three times. He was causing havoc on the base paths. Um, he was very good. Corey Seager didn't get any hits, but walked three times. Um, and I mean, that's when you get on base for those guys behind you. I mean, then then I mean, Bellinger hit hit the big home run to kind of cap off. Um, well, he was Bellinger actually got everything kind of started with that fourth inning home run. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, it was it was a fun game. It was a fun game, and and the Dodgers looked really good. I mean, their their offense just top to bottom. I mean, just think of this: Corey Bellinger is their number six hitter. Yeah, and, and um, he's had a down year. Cody too. Bellinger, yeah. So Cody Bellinger is their six hitter, and the guy won. The guy potentially could have won the MVP. You know, in twenty nineteen. I mean, he it was it was him or Yelich, right? Right. And, He's he's batting sixth in this lineup. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like the lineup is, it's ridiculous. I was mm-hmm. joking, you know, like Jock Peterson is your number eight hitter. Like that's uh, imagine, yeah. like Jock Peterson would be our top four for the Pirates, like at least. Like he's probably our cleanup guy. Mm-hmm. Our best yeah, hitter, probably. You know, and you put him in the Dodgers, and it's like, well, you know, you could be our number eight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just it's there's just it's ridiculous how deep this lineup is. It it really is, and just I mean, top to bottom, and even the the, the role like like Chris Taylor is having a having a hell of a postseason. Kike Hernandez somehow is just like the greatest postseason hitter in history, isn't he? Though <laughs> for real, like he had that he one have? really good regular yeah. season too. But like outside of that mm-hmm. regular season, he's just been meh. Yeah, I think I saw something like I forget how many postseason home runs he has, but it was like eight. I think it was like eight <laughs> postseason home runs, and I'm like, seriously, Kike Hernandez? But like, you look at it, and I feel like he's just constantly making things happen in the postseason. Which I mean, I, I, he gets enough opportunities, you know, being on the Dodgers. They they play a lot of postseason games, but no, it's. The lineup's crazy, and he doesn't even start for him. He like comes in mid game usually when they bring in bring in a lefty or something. So right, um, another guy yeah. like he would probably clearly be starting for the Pirates. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and then the and then you kind of look at even just how deep they are, like Chris Taylor, Kike Hernandez, and then there's Gavin Lux who just doesn't even play. <laughs> Gavin Lux <laughs> has like the number three or four prospect in baseball. He's just like waiting there, like he's like like can I please play like some some games here? Right. And uh, but he just can't even crack the lineup. Yeah, that's funny. That's a good point. Like here's Gavin Love yeah, yeah. is on the Dodgers. He was a yeah. top prospect. He's on the Dodgers, not getting any play time. And we saw mm-hmm. you know like the tweet out there of uh, Wander Franco's jersey, and we're all going like, Berserk, is he going to play for the Rays? Like that's the difference, contrasting like size. Mm-hmm. Like Wander probably could crack the lineup right now and play for the Rays. I mean, they're doing it for whatever reason. <laughs> but then here's, you know, Gavin Lux who can't even, like, he can't even crack that lineup. Top prospect yes. in baseball. Not even good enough to make it, you know, in the lineup. He's just going to sit there. 
He like, I mean, he he basically hit four hundred in AAA, and he can't right, right. can't find a spot on the dock. <laughs> like that's so, nice. That's nice, Gavin. That's yeah. cool. That's cool and all, but I wonder still not good enough for us. You want? You think? I mean, I think there's a little bit of a separation, and this kind of a little bit off topic here. We're going to the Dodgers, the way the Dodgers use their prospects here, but like it kind of. I hope it doesn't turn into like an Alex Verdugo situation. Mm. where like Alex Verdugo clearly was a good enough baseball player to play every day. But the Dodgers just for like three years couldn't like, he just couldn't make the lineup. Like there was, it was just too loaded. Um, So I wonder, I wonder if I I don't think Lux is going to be like that. I think Lux is more of a premier talent who you eventually have to play him, but it would be a shame if Lux just like, (laughs) bounced up and down between dominating triple a and getting sparingly, you know, sparing playing time on the Dodgers for the next like three years, just because he's got options. I was going to say he'll end up being like the very, very, very good version of Clint Frazier. Like, like Frazier's good. Right. You know, he he was good. Same, same with Frazier. Yeah. But Gavin, like Gavin could be elite Mm -hmm. and right. Like I just feel the Dodgers could pull the Yankees and just not do anything with him and just keep him down there. Or maybe be nice to him and do like a Verdugo and trade him off. Yeah, that's a good comp. But again, right, like the the Dodgers are so loaded everywhere. They have such a good major league roster, as we clearly see, but also still such a good farm that, you know, when these prospects are hitting now, they don't know where to put them, what to do with them. Because, you know, like the Pirates, you know, most, not even seeing a lot of the Pirates, like pretty much any club, you have a, a prospect that's top five in baseball, you know, and they're making their way up. They're seeing that that season, you know. Obviously, it's probably going to have some tweaking in there, right? Have to play with some service time, but they're making it in that club, and they're damn sure going to be in the playoffs if that team's in, the, you know, in in the hunt or whatever. But like the Dodgers, what can we do with them? What can we do with Gavin Lux, top five prospect in all of baseball? What can we do with them? Nothing. We gotta we gotta sit them. We gotta keep them down in AAA. It's it's amazing. I mean, you even think talking about the Dodgers again, Tony Gonsolin back in August was demoted to the minor leagues after he threw three straight scoreless starts to start the season. Like the guy didn't give up a run in his first, his first three major league starts. And now he got sent down. And now he's going to be the game two starter of the world series. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like, they have this luxury of, of just so much talent. Um, it's just absolutely incredible. Uh, and you got, you know, and then you got like, you have so much pitching that, you know, you got um, Urias just in the bullpen, like just playing mop up duty, basically. Right. Like, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes me think too. Like, I mean, obviously it's all hindsight and it, it's, terrible point to bring up anyways but like they also had o'neill cruz like we are talking about sore subject kind of right now but regard like he he is a top 50 prospect in baseball also you know like this just mm-hmm. says how deep this 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 farm this whole entire club is it's ridiculous it drives me insane how good they are now and probably how good they're still going to be like forever forever jim forever they really are going to be good <laughs> forever i mean because they they're one of the i mean they they combine just being an extremely good 
player development organization. And when you add having unlimited money, basically, to that, it's a pretty dangerous combination. Dangerous combination. And I feel like that's what they do with their money. It's not as if, I mean, obviously Mookie mm-hmm. bets, but again, he's worth it. It's not like they're going out there and just throwing money at free agents. It's, it's like they're working them in trades. They're taking on salary to do stuff like that. Like think about, I mean, this is the second time with the Red Sox. They've made a deal with them, you know, taking on money like David Price, which by the way, also David Price is a, a Dodger for all of us, including myself a couple of days ago that I forgot. Um, but, you know, it's like they're taking on salary to acquire things. You know, so again, the Red Sox right now, even years back when they bailed the Red Sox out, you know, look at the Reds trade they made. It's like they're, they're, they're gaining prospects and talent by taking on salary to do so, not just throwing it a free agent. So it's like, yeah, like they're just being so smart and so wise with every decision they make to make sure their major league roster is talented, but also ensuring their farm system still flush with talent. It's, it's, how do you beat that? How do you do it? It's... It's hard, and and um, this should be a good series. I think this will be a good series. Like I think the Rays will bounce back here, and, and you know maybe maybe win the, win tonight. But as they are a very good team as well, but it's it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to unseat the Dodgers as the best team in the National League for some time now. I mean, they've clearly been the best team in the league probably each of the last five years. Or close to it, yeah. Um, and there's really no end in sight right now, right? Yeah, I mean, like think about it. you talked about Chris Taylor, right? How good he's been in the series and such, and you know playoffs. But like, one day it's not going to be Chris Taylor, and it's going to be Gavin Lux. <laughs> we're, we're we're talking right. about an upgrade, <laughs> you know, and like Gavin Lux is yeah. for six more years, you know, at, at minimum. So, right, like, it, that's what drives you insane. Like, you're looking at this team right now, the way it's constructed, and it's probably going to get better next year. You know, not the same, just better. Will Smith, you know, yeah. will be a year deeper into this now, and, oh. And then, man, it's just, he, it's, uh. <laughs> it's just, it's just a crazy how they develop players. Yeah. I mean, like, and, and Will Smith's somebody who, you know, I've followed for quite some time. Like, I watched Will Smith play college baseball. Um, oh right, right. I was not. I was not expecting Will Smith to turn into this type of major league hitter. I mean, like at all. Um, but the power development that he's that he's had and his on base skills. He's you know he had over four hundred on base percentage this year. Um, you know, he's he's getting on base and he's hitting the ball over the fence. That's just. Something you like seeing in a catcher, and uh, he's he's turned himself into a hell of a player. And this early in his you know development, again, like as far as catching, you know, this is like his first, and it wasn't even a full year, but like his first full right. year as you know in the big leagues and stuff as a catcher. And they still have you know Cruz just waiting in the in the background as well, who's probably going to end up being a trade chip to make them even better again, <laughs> because you know you or have they to just keep them. them. I mean, yeah, they could, they, they, but. Again, I feel like that's what they've been doing. They're just like, eh, we'll just keep two great catchers. Yeah. Oh, man. So, and then, like, again, on the race side, because I feel like we've been crushing on the Dodgers right now. Um, yeah. Which is warranted. They've earned this right now. But, yeah, like, on the race side, you know, they're they're not as sexy. Like, they don't have all these players we're talking about. Um, but they've been, again, like, they, they've been good. They, they do everything right. They're very prepared. 
Um, I'll say this, and actually it was more the Dodgers. Like the outfield defense looked really good again. If they're, I, I don't, to me, I don't know. It's been so crazy, and maybe it's just because, I don't even know what, it, I can't say because we're watching more, because it's not that. It's not that it's been spotlighted more, but like, have have we not seen like the craziest outfield defense? I feel like in a very very long time, it just seems like every game, yeah. every game, there's some spectacular, at least one spectacular play made in the, in the outfield, you know. And it's been by like, yeah. like every every game in the last you know couple series. I think what's what what's also been kind of nice is you're playing in this stadium. That, that's like low fences, right? So low fences kind of leads itself into those potential cool looking home run robbing catches. Okay. Um, fair. And like the Bellinger yeah, catch so, last night too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that, that also just like makes things look better. Like if that Bellinger catch would have been a PNC park with a 10 foot fence in center field, it wouldn't have looked as impressive because he wasn't, you know, three feet over the wall and, you know, looking like he was robbing a home run. But so I think that leads the, it's just a little visual thing there, but um, no, you're right. I mean, we've, we've, we've seen some, some great outfield defense and I think it's just, you, we're watching great, we're watching great players. <laughs> like we're watching great players on these teams. Um, and when you see, when you watch great players enough, they're going to do great things. I think that really, that's just what it kind of comes. Maybe. And now Kiermaier back in the lineup. For the Rays, you know, I'm sure we'll see him do something incredible this series, at least once. But yeah, like that, yeah. I feel like that's been a highlight right now of like the NL and ALCS, and and now heading into the World Series. It's it's really been like the the defense, especially in the outfield. I don't know why. I mean, offense has been there, pitching has been there, but it just seems like the defense has been magnificent. You know, and for the Rays side, especially against the Astros series, it seems like they're just always in the right position. So that helped. Um, but I don't know. Like you said, going into today, so it's going to be Snell and Gonsolin, right? Uh, I believe that is it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Early prediction. Can, can the Rays pull this off? The Rays definitely can pull it off, especially it depends on you know, how Snell looks. Um, I mean, Blake Snell's capable of going out there and just shutting, shutting, the da- shutting them down. Um, he is one of those types of pitchers who can do that. Um, Gonsolin's going to be, you know, relative unknown rookie pitcher. Uh, I mean, there's probably not a ton of people out there who have seen him pitch, um, but also very good. Um, yeah, I mean, over under tonight. By the way, if you're if you're looking at it from a betting standpoint, it's eight. So that's they're, they're that's anticipating a pretty low scoring game. Um, yeah, I think I think the Rays tie it up though tonight. As I think they're gonna, I think this is gonna be a good series. I think the Rays tie it up tonight. Because um, really, and they talked about this last night a little bit, but what what makes the Rays so good is the depth that they have at the pitching position. So yes. you know they've got they've got their starter, but then if their starter can hand over a lead, any lead at all, you know, into the fifth. I mean, he, they don't even go deep. They don't have to go deep. They can, Blake Snell could go four scoreless and the game could be over, you know, because um, the Rays have so many good bullpen arms that are just dominant um, that they can, they can piece together 
or five scoreless innings to shut down a game. Um, so I think I think that's kind of what we see tonight. I think I think I could see tonight being a low scoring game. Um, and I said if the Rays get on top into that sixth inning or so, you know, game game could be over at that point. Yeah, no, that's good. And like you know, for Gonsolin, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. It's his mm-hmm. first World Series. Now he's looked good. I mean, in playoffs too. Like he's he's been very good this year, as you've mentioned, Jim. Um, but yeah, like this is the World Series now, so even a lot more pressure than what it was before. Maybe him having the lead will help. You know, they're up one nothing, so it's not as if he loses. They're down o two, so maybe take a little bit of pressure off. But I think it's more on him than Snell, obviously. So, um, but to me, I feel like it's it's funny you say that. Like any game in this series to me could go either way. Like it could be a high scoring mm-hmm. game, it could be a low scoring because. More or less with the Dodgers. I mean, the the pitching is is very good for for Tampa, but you look at the Dodgers lineup, how good it is. I mean, we just gushed over the lineup, right? And and how good their pitching is. Like they themselves can shut out, you know, the the Rays, and the Rays can shut mm-hmm. them out too. And it could easily be a, a two nothing game tonight, or as we saw last night against Last Now, you know that this Dodgers team could just break out, you know, and go for eight runs again. You know, on, on even like even on Blake Snell, you know, I mean, this lineup is just that good. So it really comes right. down like this. This series to me does really come down to the pitching for the Rays and of course their defense, which has just been elite. Um, so if if they can miss bats, you know, and and when they do connect, catch them. It, again, like I, I don't know. I I think uh, I was anticipating a very good series this this uh, World Series. Um, I I didn't expect like the Dodgers to blow the Rays out. So I'm going to go with the Rays win tonight as well. Uh, of course, Snell over Gonsolin, I would assume, you know, the better matchup of the two, you know, Clayton Kershaw is a hall of famer. You know, I, I don't care about the playoff stuff. I, I do think some of it right. is fluky. Um, you know, baseball is all about yeah. sample size and still anyone's career playoffs is never a full season, you know? So I, I still feel like there's some sample size to it. Um, but yeah, like Kershaw is a Hall of Famer. That dude is good. And Glass now is Glass now. And, you know, all right, they took game one. It's fair. But going into this one, I think, like, as far as the pitching matchup goes, it favors the Rays. And again, that is a strong suit. So I'm looking to see that, you know, the series get tied up tonight 1 1. But again, like, what I'm alluding to is we're saying that. And tomorrow, you know, even with the, like you said, eight, eight runs the, uh, the over under, like, it could be 10 to 8 tonight easily. Easily, because that's how these two teams are just kind yeah. of built. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it, it could be it could be anything. Um, you know, Randy Rosarina is another guy for the Rays who's just been completely on fire. Yeah. But he was held in check last night. Um, so maybe does he wake up? Because um, yeah, he's just been on on other on another level this year. Um, and another one of those guys where. You know, if you're a Cardinal, you know, Pirates fans always talk about how, you know, we we give up all this talent and, and look at the Rays. But, you know, you look at it from, from the Cardinals standpoint, you're like, man, we like just gave them Rosarina. Um, the year before, they just kind of gave them Tommy Pham. Right. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it, it hits home a little bit harder whenever it's, it's, it's some Pirates. But 
the Razor, the, their whole roster is made up of players that they basically stole from other teams. There's not, there, there's really not a ton of homegrown talent on that Rays team. A lot of it is, you know, was made through acquisitions like that. Right. And as I say, actually, now you bring that up, it is a funny thing because, especially because of the Archer trade, which we can't hear enough of these playoffs, it seems. Um, you know, even in Pittsburgh media and, and around baseball and such, and, you know, everyone's hammering the Pirates and, and showing how the Rays are good and why they can be good is because it's so important for, you know, development, you know, drafting and developing, draft, drafting and developing. And as you mentioned, Jim, we got to be honest, that's not how the Rays were built. It's not as if they've drafted well and have developed well with their players. Most of it has come by just thievery. <laughs> Yeah, they they have they they've built this team off everyone's so called castoffs. You know, even like the Archer deal has been terrible. But also on top of that, it's not as if Glassdale Meadows has carried this team. You know, it's not because of that trade, which was really really bad. It was just so lopsided that them two just carry the Rays. It's been other people, and and actually going back to what you said about you know with even Fam, they've already flipped Fam also. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just funny. Like yeah, they did that last. You know. The fam and fam's already gone for some slapdick prospects. So, so <laughs> to quote, no, Blake, so it's no. this, yeah, same thing. I mean, you look at, you just look up and down this lineup, and it's made up of guys who you know they they acquired these these players. Um, they have an awesome meadows. They they know what they're looking for. They're clearly very smart, and and they. They, they are able to tap into a player's potential once they do acquire them. Mm-hmm. That's, that is really what makes the Rays very good. Um, because, yeah, other than that, we're, we're looking at some of these guys. Like, I don't know. I look at their lineup, and it's like, how, how did this team – you just look at the, the names in the lineup, and you're like, this team doesn't look that great. But they were the, they were the best team in the American League. It's just a, an extremely well constructed team. Um, they use their players the right way. They they really take advantage of matchups and they use the data. It's 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 crazy to look at. Like I'm looking at the two lineups side by side. Oh yeah, and it's like. <laughs> These two teams are very similar like when it comes to a win-loss record. I mean, these are the two best teams in baseball. This, you've got the, the, the first and second best team when it comes to you know, their records. And just from a, from a pure talent standpoint, I mean, this is, it's lopsided. Like You look at the Dodgers lineup and you just say, how can anybody compete with this thing? You would think um, the Dodgers were the AL team and the Rays were the NL team. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the Rays—they. I mean, if you were, if, let's say, if you weren't—I mean, we're we're huge baseball guys, right? But like, we're, but let's say you're watching this World Series, and you know, you you know who Mookie Betts is, you know who Cody Bellinger is. You probably, you know, if you've watched a little bit of baseball, you know who Corey Seager and Max Muncie are. You know those names. Um. But like looking at the Rays, like you don't know who Yandy Diaz is. You don't <laughs> right. know, you don't know who Joey Wendell is. You don't know Willie Adamas. You don't know 
you don't know Randy or Rosarina. You don't know Brandon Lau. Like you don't know these guys. Yeah. Like the one guy you do know is Kevin Kiermaier and he's been terrible offensively, like his whole career. You know, he's not known for his offense. So again, like the one guy you do know isn't good offensively. Right. And like, I mean, maybe you know who Hunter Renfro is, but it's not like, oh, Hunter Renfro, he strikes fear in pitchers, you know? Right. It's, it's just crazy how they get it done. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a mashup of players who, who just, when you put them all together, it's like a, it's like this perfect team and it's, it's, it's a, it's amazing to see. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it just, it does, it kills me like how they just hit on all these trades. Uh, man, mm-hmm. man. So, all right. Well, I guess yeah. we're both kind of predicting tonight. One, one. Raise tie it back up. Um, all right. Well, it's almost that time. We're going to be wrapping up here. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to add to this? Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think we. I think we talked about everything we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Not much happened on in Pirates World. No. Over no. this last Which, I week, mean, the probably season's not really here yet either. So. Yeah, with it being the postseason, they can't really do anything right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so hopefully once this World Series ends, then we can start talking about you know going into winter meetings. We got some arbitration things happening. MLB trade rumors did come out with their um, you know their their estimates that they had. I just read um, you know last week, Ethan, Ethan who. Uh, Ethan, who won our Pirates Jeopardy, um, NS9 Jeopardy, a couple weeks ago, he he put out a good article about that on on uh, Pirates Prospects or Pittsburgh Baseball Network, whatever yeah. they call it now. <laughs> so they um, they uh, so he's got that all kind of broken down for you guys. But no, yeah, it was that's that's pretty much all that's happened. That's it. Yep. But I mean, I'm excited. I I can't wait for this off season. Many people know I'm, I'm more of an off season type of guy. I, I just love the transactions, the moves and such. So I'm ready for it. Let's get this World Series yep. over with. And, you know, by the time we're talking next week, there probably will be – I mean, there will be a champion. So uh, – Yeah, that's the nice thing about this. Like, it's not going to be dragged out. Like, it's a seven-game series in seven days. Yep. So, so I can't wait. That's going to be fun. Which, again, is why death yeah. is important, which is also why I was yes. Also, I don't know. Which is why these two teams are here. Like I said, this kind of goes back. I made this point earlier in the playoffs. Like this format mm-hmm. is going to reward the better teams, and at the end of at the end of it, we're we've got the two best teams. So it did its job. That's my opinion. That's very true. We, we could be talking about the Yankees right now if it was the old format because they could have run out with mm-hmm. Garrett Cole three times. Yeah, you know if they needed to. So all right, well that wraps it up. We'll be oh. back tomorrow with ns9 live and um we'll see y'all later bye-bye peace